With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Good morning and War Eagle War Report family. Your man Ike Jones in here. We are dropping it on y'all. The morning drop this morning. We're talking about more transfers into the Auburn program. I know you gotta love it, man. It is January the 10th. Hopefully y'all having a good morning. Let's drop it. Morning drop. Good morning, your man Ike Jones. Be will in here this morning, mm. dropping more transfer portal information on you. Well, it's not really like breaking news or nothing, right? Like it happened yesterday, but we did want to talk about it a little bit. We didn't really discuss Demario Tolan, but linebacker in here to the room uh, that happened over the weekend. But as far as new information, Nick Martiner, big play. Big, tall, wide receiver from Cincinnati. And then kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum, as far as height is concerned, we got uh, Brian Batty, the running mm-hmm. back from South Florida, I believe, is where he came from. Yeah, yeah. So more weapons on the outside and in the running back room, another linebacker. What, what do you feel like this says for what we got going on from um, all of the things that are in motion right now with the transfer portal? It's it's such a drastic difference between what we saw last offseason with the transfer portal and this season. We we got looks from guys last transfer portal season, but very few guys, if any, landed. Um, when we did land guys, it was almost entirely the uh, from pulling from the group of five up and or or programs that didn't have a lot going for themselves. But I looked at Brian Batte or Batty's tape, and I was like, oh my god. Oh, that's a good. I don't know. I hadn't actually listened to anybody pronounce that. Is it Petit? I don't know. I just, I, I didn't want to rule it out because I don't know. Oh, you're uh, trying to put some extra flavor on that, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you remember Tony Petit used to play for the Celtics? Yeah, you putting, you putting, you putting, you, you, you a hazelnut coffee drinker, right? Liz, that's what your morning drop. I hate flavored coffee. No, oh. no. My wife does, though. So you're oh, close. Man. You're close proximity. I don't drink coffee at all. So I don't know nothing about none of that. So I, I saw his tape and I was like, this dude is electric. 
when I looked at the tape of the guys who brought in, and again, I, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, man, the guys we got sucked. No, because you look at Marcus Bragg, he produced when he got in the game. The guys that we got produced when they got in the game. Mm-hmm. I looked at Batiste's tape and I said, oh, we. Like his scrimmage yards, phenomenal. His, his, his rush yards and receiving yards, phenomenal. Speed, phenomenal. We didn't get what looked like on tape, at least at the time, guys who this guy flashes, he could be a star at this level. I think, um, what's the name? Alabama did that with Gibbs, right? Mm-hmm. Gibbs was a star at Georgia Tech. I didn't watch Georgia Tech one time in the 2021 season. I didn't know he was that good. So I'm like, man, okay, he's that good, and you put him in here? Man, that's a good pickup for them. And now I'm looking yeah. at what Batiste could do. I'm like, okay. Because you, they thought about, they were talking about, do we need to add running back? I'm like, no, actually, not really. We got three guys, If assuming that Jeremy Cobb does sign with us, that uh, Jeremiah Cobb does sign with us, that could be all-purpose backs, every-down backs, three mm-hmm. sturdy backs. And I'm like, what would they add to the room? And then I saw this guy's skill set. That's what you add to the running back room. Straight speed, just electric speed, wide receiver threat as well. That's diversity of skill set in the room. That's what you add, man. There, I see that we're in for guys that one visit, I'm here. Mm. One visit, boom, I'm signed. Like the intensity, I, I don't know how much to credit. Oh, Freeze is trying hard. We brought guys in last year. They didn't want to come here. Guys did not want to come here under Brian Harson before NIL and before the facility was open. Like those three things seem to have made a huge difference. I'm wondering, too, how much of an impact, especially when you talk about transfers from programs that aren't traditional football powerhouses, right, that may not have the facilities that we do. Uh, I mean, depending upon what other schools they're visiting, of course, right? Because if you're visiting, you know, any of these other powerhouses, LSU, right? Tolan wasn't sold on the facilities. LSU has quality facilities, it was something about what the opportunity was here at Auburn because he was going to be able to play at LSU. I don't really even know what the right. deal was there. Um, yeah. but when you talk about somebody coming from South Florida um, or even Cincinnati, I don't think that either of them have the same sort of um, facilities we have. I wonder how much of that is like, oh, wow, this is this is big right here. Okay. you know, I wonder how much of an impact it has walking into that building and saying, oh, this is where I get to. Uh, spend my final college year getting ready for the pros. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, yeah I could do that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think just, it's, it's valuable. I, the one thing that I think may may also need to be noted here is so Brian Kelly comes into LSU because I had the same questions about Tolan. We went after Tolan. Mm-hmm. They got Tolan. He got on the field and he ended up starting. And for a team that won the division, and I, I would think uh, you definitely got a spot coming back. You started. You played well. The culture there may not be, it may be a little more rigid. And that's that's coming from what I've heard about Brian Kelly and his coaching style. Uh, we heard this from when we did mid, mid-season and we played LSU and we had the guest on from, I think it's the one team pod. It was like, well, Brian Kelly, he, we had all this talent. And he said Brian Kelly organized it and made it a professional, right? So now... It's like, we've got all this talent and it always all loosey-goosey, but part of making it a more professional environment may be a little too rigid for these kids who really enjoyed uh, a loose environment or would enjoy a more loose environment. And that may be what turned kids away from us because Brian Brian Harson was all work hard work, right? Mm-hmm. But Hugh Freeze is definitely more like, he, he seems like he understands that kids need to be kids as much as they need to be professionals and a bit more of a laid back atmosphere does make a difference. I mean, we work jobs, you know, you got bosses that are all like, Hey, I want this on time and this on time. Then you got bosses like, ah, don't worry about it. We'll get it done. 
And that makes a difference with who wants to come here, man. So, yeah, I'm, I was really surprised that Tolling is, was the pickup, that we took him away from a team that did way better than us and, and stands to do better than us based on how much talent they bring in and have retained. But um, I think the, the difference is just astounding right now, year over year, how much we're able to pull right now in the transfer portal. But let's uh, shift gears and let's talk about the wide receiver, right? So Martiner mm-hmm. is a guy who... Um, you know, if he's going to be an impact player over here, this is the first feather, I think, in the cap of Marcus Davis, wouldn't you say? Because he used to be a receiver with Marcus Davis over in Hawaii. So he started his career in Hawaii, transferred over to Cincinnati, now a grad transfer to Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think that that uh, new receiver in that room does as far as the impact for Auburn? We're huge. We're, 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 we're enormous at that position. You got... Of course, Landon King, right? He's the first tall guy who was here, and we, he made some phenomenal catches even in 2021. Then you got Camden Brown, still a very big body with leaping ability, very strong guy, strong hands. His, his catch radius seems to be ridiculous. Uh, you've got uh, Martner, who is ginormous at 6'6", because there aren't many receivers over 6'5", out there. And um, the tight end that we just brought in, actually, Corey Brown just ran them all down. Yeah, listen, red zone... Ike specifically said red zone. He wanted to see Landon King, Camden Brown out there. Just like, listen, we should be throwing fades as soon as we get into the red zone. And now we've got four bodies who are over 6'3", that were 6'3 or taller. We It should be so easy to score in the red zone unless somebody's got some 6'3", 6'4", cornerbacks. And that's a rarity, in this, even in this league. When cornerbacks are, are elite, they're around 6'1", six, 6'2". Six six listen, man, this should be a wealth of options and just what, what could we do with this talent? And now we've said this before at different times. And then we also said, wow, we're not really using this talent, how it should be used. So assuming that things are going to be different this time around with how they uh, deploy our talent at the wide receiver position, this is incredibly encouraging to see that we got a guy with this type of skill set to add to the room of other guys with that same skill set. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting. um, Like you said, once we see, man, the, Mike G and I talked about this yesterday. The the spring competition that's going to be happening in these rooms is going to be very interesting to me. But I think it's also very interesting. There's a conversation to be had as to is are we seeing a mold of a type of athlete that each of these rooms they want to fill out with the people that they're bringing in. Like when you look at um, they they were heavy after the the kid from Mississippi State. Also m- more of a a, a complete back as far as being able to catch the ball out of the backfield mm-hmm. as well. He was a threat to do that. And then they go and get what people would term a scat back probably just because he's smaller, but like a quick guy that can catch the ball. We already have a Jarquez Hunter who can catch the ball. I think it's really good that the new kid that's going to be coming in, name escaping me right now for true freshman that hasn't signed yet, help me out. Who? We talking about Jeremiah Cobb? Cobb is you know, said to be a dual threat type of guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield, right? Is that going to be the mold for the Auburn back in the Hugh Free system is we need somebody who can do that. We need a quick, um, big play. We can throw him a little five-yard route and he's going to take it 60 type of guy. Is that what we're looking for as opposed to what we're used to seeing at Auburn, which is, you know, a big bruising back? Right. Like we haven't mm-hmm. really seen them go and recruit those guys. Is that because we already have those guys in the room? And then what does that say for a guy like Sean Jackson, who is he's, he can catch the ball out of the backfield, but he is definitely more of a between the tackles downhill, you know, 
grind it out for five yards when you need that, you know, short distance run kind of guy. Is that going to be less of what we see? Because Sean Jackson had been the mold of Auburn running backs. And are we going to see a shift into a different kind? And then the same thing for the wide receiver room. Are they going to be now going away from the shifty slot corner type of guys and wanting to go get big body guys who also have speed? Right. So I don't know. I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, well, if we look at Hugh Freeze's track record, uh, A.J. Brown, uh, uh, Metcalf, Treadwell, he likes big wide receivers. He, the, these guys are, are freaks. Now, Metcalf wasn't the, the the Hulk of a guy he was coming into college, but he turned into that. But his, I think his dad was a like a linebacker or something. Like his dad was a lineman or something. So Metcalf had that in his genes anyway. But Freeze likes big guys. And we've seen when that offense is humming, it was humming, man. It was It was hard to stop. So as long as they had a competent quarterback, they were able to get the ball to those wide receivers and – Ole Miss still never, when he freeze was there, they never had the the running options that we have as well. It seems to be kind of a perfect marriage. You get this Auburn legacy of running backs, the stable of running backs that we already had or had committed, combine it with some big bodies in the in the passing game and a passing game that can get the ball to some really big wide receivers. It seems to be the perfect match in, in melding of Auburn legacy and Freeze's offensive identity. Um, who knows? if we're going to have the trigger man to do it again, you know, we hope that Robbie turns into that, that this system fits him very well, but that's going to be it. Like this offensive line is coming together. I'm, I'm worried less about the offensive line every day. Every time we get another signing, every time we get another visit, because it seems like we're going to have eight or nine linemen to choose from, to make the starting five and then still have six or seven linemen after that to get a, a, a two deep. It, we're going to have bodies. And it's not that all of them are going to be elite. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not worried about depth anymore. At offensive line, we weren't worried about it at, at running back or wide receiver, but I'm not worried anymore. Can you find the trigger man? And can the trigger man get the system and get in rhythm soon enough to be ready for SEC play? Those are now the questions. Yeah. James Stalling says, at worst, Batty is our returner. Mm-hmm. Man, I would love... So this is the one great thing that I think we have about having a deep running back room is, please don't let Jarquez Hunter be the kick returner yeah, again man. this year. I love yeah. Jarquez Hunter and all of the things that he provides for this team, but can we find someone else besides Jar? I just want to see Jarquez Hunter be a running back. That's it. Yeah. I want to see him be a running back. I want to see him touch the ball 20, 25 times in some sort of way. Please get this man off a kick return duty because every single time, I don't care how good he is, let somebody else get good at it. Is anybody else with me on that? I got an amen from from B-Will. Can I get an amen from from the live chat? From the comment section, please. Yeah, I felt like we dodged bullets every time Jarquez got out there and, and didn't get hurt. I get it. He's dynamic with the ball in his hands. He's he's slippery, which with kick returns, you need to be more speedy than slippery. But the balance he has, it makes a lot of sense. You, you kind of return through some traffic at times, but he was too valuable. With, with Tank here, okay, maybe. No, not no more. Not no more. All right. Uh, 
Let's get it jumped off over here with Corey Weber. He says, this feeling of filling, feeling of filling the roster needs is strange. Should I get used to this feeling? I hope you will I mean, get used to it. Like, you know what? Let's, nice. uh, we have to do something with it mm-hmm. in the first couple of seasons before we be kind of come become a, eh, I don't know about that place. Like, like, look what Jimbo is right now, right? They were this place to be last cycle. This cycle, they've gotten a couple of guys, but nowhere near what they did as far as signing out of high school or the transfer portal because he's a bum coach and he runs a bum program. So we have to prove it. We have to get the talent and we have to do something with it and then we can keep it going that way. Yeah, my sincere hope is that we're able to recruit internally really well, meaning like we've retained the talent that we have and we don't have as big a need for transfer portal because what we're doing on national signing day and our retention inside the building means that we're only replacing a few spots, right? Like needing to turn over your entire roster in the transfer portal year after year is not a good thing. Right. You shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. Um, So hopefully we're able to only feel because of attrition that happens because people lose eligibility, not because we are losing a bunch of guys to the portal. Uh, But I think it's the inevitability of where we are right now that you're going to have to figure this out. And it's good to see that the staff is understanding the needs and feeling those needs accurately. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we do get used to that feeling. Appreciate the chat there um, or the comment there, Corey. Uh, Auburn Dad for Life said the thing that uh, that's missed about Batty is the true return skills. We talked about this, a kick returner, mm-hmm. and he's pretty dang good at it. Absolutely yeah. uh, a weapon. And I, you know, I've been clamoring for a, a kick return for a touchdown for a couple of years now. Bring it home for us, young Brian Batty. Hopefully we'll see that. Um, Corey Weber jumps back in. Is Batty our new version of Ontario McCaleb? Hmm. You know, I I think he's a little more. Uh, his skill his skill set is a little more diverse than McCaleb's was. McCaleb was pretty much only straight line speed. If you if he had to go through tackles, he wasn't going to do it very well. If he had to change directions quickly, he couldn't do it very well. But Gus's system got him into some open space where he could do some damage with it, with his straight line speed. Batty looks, of course, he's he's fast, but I didn't see McCaleb catch a lot of passes. But that may have been Gus's system as well. Didn't throw to the oh yeah, now Michaela definitely. I don't even shoot. Uh, did he even have double digit catches for his career at Auburn? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But but, but he looks as versatile as any running back. He's just small um, as any running back I've ever seen. So he looks uh, a little more dynamic than Michaela. But I don't mind that comparison at all. Yeah, I mean, listen, if 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 he can have the productivity that Michaela had as far as in the return game in the speed sweep game, being able to stretch teams. Um, horizontally and and make them play sideline to sideline um that'd be great but with yeah with him being able to catch the ball as well as he does and be i think a little bit more of a tough runner McCaleb is kind of a let me just run around you kind of guy uh this young man looks like he can he can get some tough yards as well so it's going to be interesting to see uh what he shapes into i i would say he feels more like a combo of him and Shivers right like Shivers yeah. was speed sweep um catch the ball out of the backfield third down back type of guy Mm -hmm. and then you've got mccaleb as the speed sweep but also a return guy so Mm -hmm. yeah chris sanders says which of the two skill guys ends up higher on the depth chart so between mardner and Beatty slash Petit, which one uh i'm gonna have to figure out the correct way to pronounce that young man's name so i don't be butchering it all the time but yeah anyway right uh, I think probably Martiner, and the only reason I say that, they, I think they probably end up both probably end up third or fourth. 
in their respective rooms because um, we have a couple of guys who I don't know that Marner can't do what Camden Brown could do. Like strength seems to be Camden, Camden Brown's thing, right? Mm-hmm. So not only would you have to contest him like short range, then he could break it and, and break some tackles and do that kind of thing. I don't know how much of Martin's game that is because I didn't watch a lot of his tape. I just saw that he's definitely a, a leaping high point guy. I think, but he's going to get on the field in many ways. I wouldn't even know if it was a depth chart position thing. It's like you might not be the first or second down back, but you're going to be on the field anyway because your skill set necessitates, hey, you can, can hit you for some for some screens, we can we can do some uh, stop routes with you, but you could also just break it for whatever if from the backfield. I, I think he's going to be on the field independent of any depth seating. It's just right. going to be this more of a package thing, yeah. right? And again, if he if he's going to be a return specialist, I listen. I clamored again for the days of the return specialist returning to college football, where it's like, okay, we can't get you in because Jarquez Hunter exists. Right. Like he's going to be the main guy. And he is if he's not going to be in the return game, that means he's going to have even more win for the remainder of the game. He might not ever come off the darn field if he don't have to be out there, you know, covering kicks and being the kickoff guy and, uh, you know, throwing passes and, you know, doing the locker room maintenance. I don't know what all Jarquez Hunter does, man. He probably carries all the equipment in for <laughs> he the said team. locker room maintenance. <laughs> he just, you know, he making sure the lockers work right before the game. I don't know what he does, man. He, he, <laughs> Somebody he, said they, they red light went out in that new locker room. Jarquez like, I got, I got it. <laughs> uh, man, I got one of these heated back in the crib because I got you. Like, I don't oh, know, shit. man. He does too much. But yeah, um, I think that to that point, as far as snaps, I think that Petit probably has more snaps um, mm-hmm. Because he is going to be able to get in in more opportunities. I don't see Mardner as a return guy for us. So, um, yeah. Tori Moore says, we're for sure going to have a three-headed monster next year. Listen, mm-hmm. if everybody stays healthy, I don't see why not. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, you could actually, you could save Cobb kind of inadvertently, redshirt him. Like, listen, man, we got two guys. We got Austin. We got, of course, Quiz. And then we got uh, Batty in here in, in different packages and whatnot. You put Cobb in there. You let him get some work. You let him get some probably garbage snaps in our easier games. But I, you work him, and you just don't burn him unless you have to. I, I wouldn't hold him back. Like, if we're down to two backs and we're playing fine, I wouldn't just assume, like, hey, man, you're about to get in. Like, no, let's just wait and see. You know, let's wait and see because you're phenomenal. So <laughs> there's nothing holding you back. I don't think it accelerates his – if you do have to burn his red shirt or not – or if you get to keep it, he's still probably only going to be here three years if his talent pans out to be what we think it's going to be. So I don't think it hurts him or you if you um, redshirt him. I, I think hopefully it's just going to be Quez and uh, Damari Austin and Batty. For sure. Um, Austin Holland jumps in and says, man, when is the last time we had a legitimate big high point 50-50 ball receiver? Been missing that for a long time. I'm excluding Seth Williams because he wasn't used enough. That was the only thing he was used for. We just didn't have a quarterback that could throw that pass accurately, honestly. Um, Seth Williams was that guy. I keep thinking about that Kentucky catch. I think it was 2020 mm-hmm. early. The game had been the guy had been chirping at him all game. He caught that pass on him, flexed on him, <laughs> which I very much enjoyed. So, yeah, Seth Williams, I think um, probably uh, it might be Camden Brown. He hasn't – we didn't pass the ball well enough uh, last Yeah, last Camden Brown probably was the, is is a guy who could do that. Landon King is a guy who could do that, but we yeah, didn't use him well enough to do that sort of thing. But prior to that, you'd have to go back to maybe like a Duke Williams 
Um, yeah. What was the uh, Kyle Davis probably could have been that guy for us? Yeah, but, yeah, he didn't stick. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think I think we've had some guys maybe on the roster, but we just haven't had. I, I really like man. Again, B said this earlier. I really get frustrated when we get into the red zone and we don't have big receivers that we're just like, all right, cool. Your yeah. DB is five eleven. Our guy's six three, six four. Now six six. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna throw it to the to the freaking uh, goalpost, mm-hmm. and and we're gonna play jump ball. Who's yeah. who's gonna win? Like why I make think this my harder. six six guy probably wins against your five eleven DB? No reason to make that harder than it has to be. Yeah. So yeah. I just I want to see that happen. Like man, if if we come out in the first couple of games and I see a package that includes Rivaldo Fairweather, Landon King, Camden Brown, and Nick Gardner inside the red zone, I might run down from the press box and go high-five Hugh Freeze and get kicked out of the game. <laughs> I'm about to say, you know you can't be cheering in the press box. <laughs> I might get kicked out of the game. I might be like, Coach, thank you. I've been waiting. Just for doing what makes sense. For just for what makes sense, man. Yeah. I ain't asked you to do nothing crazy. I have very humble requests. Let's just do sensible things. That's all I want. Todd Jordan jumps in if we have a QB that can finally throw a fade. Fair fair point. Listen, yes. if, if you if your guy can throw it, which I think we have guys on this roster that can do it. And this is a this is a good question to ask. Does having bigger targets help when you have a quarterback that struggles with accuracy? Yes. It, I mean, bigger catch radius erases needs for pinpoint accuracy. And and that is a gift. Um, like some of the, the passes I saw, what's his name? Uh Stetson Bennett throwing in the in the game last night. He was dotting them. He was dotting them over the middle, in between the zone. And that's great when you have a quarterback who can do things on the move. But what big wide receivers like you to do, hey man, I'm gonna go up. You you just have to hit me higher than everybody else because I'm an athletic freak and I can leap and I'm going to go up, sideline. Nobody's going to get you on the left side. It's not going to get picked because I'm tall and I've got huge hands and I can catch. Mm-hmm. Throw it up here. It, it just, it makes everything easier, man. This this is shaking, shaking out great for a guy who Robbie may not be as accurate as, say, a Holden Gariner, um, if you look at tape, but he's about to be special if he's a starter, because of what he can do. He's going to make the offense easier for himself. He's dynamic enough, man. Defenses are going to have to account for him everywhere. You put a big package out there, now they're all worried about the big wide receivers. He's going to walk into the end zone. This is yeah. about to be... Ooh, I don't want to... Let me... I'm, I don't want to get excited. I want to get excited. <laughs> Dad jumps back in. New receiver ain't just a tall leaper. He got burners on as well. So I haven't looked at his tape very much at all yet. Um, it is something I'm going to... De- I got a lot of tape to watch. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I got a lot of tape I got to watch because... You know, with the transfer portal, some of these guys actually have tape that I can go back and look at from games. So uh, it makes it more interesting for me because I don't, you know, high school tape, you see it, it is usually just highlights. It's not like I can evaluate an entire game of a person. Um, And then like when the highlights are underwhelming for me where I'm not like, oh, that was amazing right there. Then I just be like, okay, let me just wait and see. Or they're playing against like the dude's like 6'6", six, six, and he's play- everybody he's playing against is like 5'3". I'm like, ah, okay, yeah, yeah you dominated them, but like, <laughs> let me see it when the dude is the same size as you, right? But right. When, you, when you got college tape for me to evaluate, it's a little bit more interesting, more fun. So hopefully mm-hmm. I can find some full games, not just highlight film of these guys. So I want, I'm, I'm interested in looking at all the film. All the film, I want to watch it all. Jonathan Austin says... Uh, Batty will be an all um, was an all American returner in twenty one. Listen, man, he look he looks dynamic. Like I'm I'm I saw. So listen, 
it said 1,900 scrimmage yards. I think that was one season. I don't want to be making that up. I'm going to go back and double-check that. However, we don't have anybody who put up uh, 1,900-plus scrimmage yards in, in one season. Even if you're in the, the in at USF and the AAC, that's your competition. That's where you got drafted. He's like a 5'9", 165-pound running back. And he's extremely productive there. You want guys who are flashing on their lower level to bring them up. That's what you want if you're going to be out here looking for talent in the transfer portal. You want elite talent or productive talent elsewhere that didn't get a shot or extremely productive talent from the lower ranks to pull them on up. We got them. Yeah. This is recruiting. This is the new type of recruiting, and they seem to be doing a good job. P-Pass jumps in and says, Irony, Auburn has yet to sign a Jimbo guy. Is that odd? I, I actually like that because I think that a lot of those guys, this is... Be will. I think a lot of those guys went there for the money, for the NIL opportunities. And I think that there is something to guys who are only going places for money, which is why they're like, all right, I'm done with that. And they're bailing. Whatever. They didn't have any commitment to Texas A&M or to Jimbo Fisher. They went to better their sales in their situation, which I'm not mad at. But I think here we need guys who are going to be just as much in love with Auburn and the prospects for their career as they are uh, the opportunities that come along with it. I don't like the idea of getting a lot of guys who are like, man, what are you going to do for me when I come there? If that's if that's the selling point, then no, don't come here. So it's not surprising to me that we aren't in it for a lot of those guys. Yeah. All right. Last comment we got here is SS Austin. What happened to Lane being the portal king? Mm. P- portal king is what you have to be when you can't recruit well out of high school. Number mm. one. Number two. Mm. Is he the portal king? Because is Jackson Dart the difference maker that everybody thought he was going to be? Oh. What, what what player on Ole Miss do you think, oh, he was elite and he got him and made all the difference? Lane lost five straight games or five games out of six, or however you want to look at it. I, I don't know that he's the king of anything except for the SIP. Mm-hmm. No, he's not even the king of that because he lost to Mississippi State at the end of the year. So Lane's not the king of anything. <laughs> well... Be well has spoken. All right, man. Well, we are about to get out of here. Once again, we appreciate you guys dropping in with us in the mornings. Auburn basketball tonight. So we will be definitely tuning into that. Make sure you guys head over and support our sponsor, Rogue Shop. Rogueshop.com is the place for you to go to get all your herbal supplement needs taken care of. Again, America's number one online dispensary. Use code report to get 10% off. If you want to be a member of the War Report and see more of this great content that we have and uh, get into watching film with us. You got to become a member to do that stuff. So make sure you go and click the join button to do that. Go share this video, like the video, hit us up later on. We will be doing like a little preview of the old Miss game tonight. Uh, so make sure you guys are locked in with us. We are out of here as always. War Eagle. Peace and see you later. Peace. Right.